told you I'd make it. <laughs> yeah, well, of course, you know, today is hooray for New York Day. And I was out there enjoying New York. You know, I just... <laughs> oh, I don't... Be- no, 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 no. I'm one man who does not believe that enjoyment is a spectator sport. It's like sex. I don't think sex is a spectator sport. I think you either do it or you don't. And I think you, you either dig New York or you don't. And there's no two ways about it. You know, there really is no in-between. And by the way, that brings up a point. Uh, <laughs> before we get too deeply involved here in the philosophical aspect of this uh, majestic Babylon in which we find ourselves living at this point. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I'll tell you, I think, uh, you know, we could, we could talk and talk and talk about that. I, I think more is said about New York today than uh, any other single place on the face of the globe with the very possible exception of uh, the Kremlin, Moscow. You know, they're always examining Moscow. They're always constantly talking about it. Well, New York has New Yorkologists, just the way there are such things as Kremlinologists. You know, there's New Yorkologists. And of course, New York is a city that lends itself to fantastic unconscious humor. Like I suspect uh, one of the greatest uh, uh, hatchet cuts of unconscious black humor recently was my old friend Carol O'Connor dressing up in his Archie Bunker suit uh, recommending Lindsay for president on TV. Did you see that? <laughs> With curious black humor involved in that thing. But uh, you, know, you have to think seriously about that. Think of what uh, Archie represents. Those long, vast wastelands of Queens. However, uh, New York City is not just Manhattan, and uh, you know that. You know tonight, uh, I was just reminded of, of what a complex city New York is. I'm, I'm looking through the mail, see, and a kid writes me a letter and he says, "Hey Shepard," he said, uh, "I'm watching uh, morning television." This is a New York kid, see, and he says, "I'm watching morning television, which is a curiously atypical New York activity. Hardly any New Yorker looks at the television before, say, maybe two in the afternoon." Uh, uh, judging from the ratings. But uh, nevertheless, he, he says, I'm watching New York television in the morning. And he said, what do I see but a cricket race, or rather a cockroach race. He says, a cockroach race on morning television. And he says, and by God, he says, uh, the three cockroaches that were in the race, he says, uh, one was named Pedro, the other was named Louis, and the last one was named Gene. And he said the guy who was racing the cockroaches, when asked how he named them, said, well, the last one there on the end, Gene, is named after Gene Shepard. And uh, he said, you ought to know that there's a cockroach running under your name. And he said, what's worse, it, it ran third in a field of three. He said, didn't do so good. He said, but maybe that cockroach knows something that you don't know. It, that, that, uh, <laughs> it sat around, he said, and ate the bait while the other cockroaches were being interviewed. So uh, the, the question here is, uh, only, only in a city like New York would you find yourself named, or find a cockroach, a racing cockroach at that, named after you, and he's making his big-time racing debut on television, in color, incidentally. So uh, <laughs> uh, this, this is New York. At the curious, uh, at, at least it's my New York, is the kind of thing that happened. By the way, did anybody see that show? I didn't. I frankly don't watch cockroach races much before 2 or 3 in the morning. However, uh, uh, did anybody see that show? I, I'm just curious what show it was. This kid wrote me. He didn't tell me what show it was. He just, just wrote and told me that. But, but tonight, uh, where, you know, th- th- this, uh, the whole day, 
uh, has been devoted here in, in uh, the station to talking about the good things about New York. Well, now, as you notice, the shows have been notably thin. Uh, <laughs> now, I, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I, I'm not I'm not a Babbitt. I, I find it very difficult to be a Kiwanian Club member and recite the pledge, and uh, tell, you know talk about how much I love New York, which I do. Curiously enough. Uh, you're listening to a guy who has spent the largest part of his adult life, and I'm very serious about that, the greater percentage, in fact, almost all my really adult life, has been spent in the center city. Now, New Yorkers uh, are a rare breed anyway. Now, almost all the influential New Yorkers, and that's I'm talking about New Yorkers in the sense of who, what people think of as New Yorkers. I'm talking about outlanders. And even many New Yorkers, ironically enough, uh, just simply don't live in New York. Uh, almost all the editors of most of the major magazines that are continually doing major, uh, and I use all the tongue-in-cheek, uh, capitalized quote-type uh, <laughs> references there, the major profiles of New York City, almost all live in places like Darien, uh, places like uh, Stratford, Connecticut, uh, Dutchess County, and so on. Uh, there's another kind of New Yorker too, and and uh, this is this is also the type that loves New York, a person who you might call it the Sutton Place complex, who's uh, who spends maybe four very nice, comfortable months in the city, and the rest of the time commutes between here and Palm Beach, and possibly the Riviera, and talks about how much he or she loves New York, particularly Tiffany's in the fall. Uh, this is the Truman Capote syndrome. Now. Uh, <laughs> Uh, their, their course is, is the New York that is constantly hashed over continually by the papers here in the city, particularly the New York Post. And that's the ghetto New York. The ghetto New York uh, uh, has give, been given much, much pr uh, press, and, and it's been given the TV spectaculars and series, and then God knows what, you know. There must be eight movies right now being shot in the ghetto at this time. So it's a very publicized section of New York. But there is a, a, a fourth part of New York, which is very little known, and that's the hardcore of people who live in the city and have lived in the city most of their lives and love the city. They don't, they don't, uh, they don't, uh, and they're, they're a special breed, too. It takes a special type of person. Uh, possibly it's the kind of person that is slowly evolving. I've felt for a long time that two kinds of people are evolving in our planet. And uh, this could be the, the urban man, and the other type would be the non-urban man. They're very definitely different people. Uh, they're poles apart uh, in many of their respects. I think mostly the urban man tends to be almost totally self-involved. Uh, it always surprises me to find out when I travel, and I do travel a great deal, when I travel outside of New York to different parts of the country, how much more international the newspapers are in other parts of the country. Now that surprises a New Yorker who generally likes to think that New York, you know, is a very internationally minded city. It really isn't. Uh, and and uh, and you you wade through endless endless accounts of uh, of uh, New York news in papers like the New York Times, uh, and uh, you'll find rarely sometimes way down on page 38 some major international event will be mentioned. Uh, unless it involves major uh, public uh, events like a, a summit meeting or something like that. So anyway, New York is a fascinating city. I've never been bored in New York, 
And I'm not going to come here tonight and, and tell you about all the groovy things that go on in Central Park and all the free things that they do for people that live in the city, because I find most of them a fantastic bore, uh, personally. Uh, I, I find this, uh, this, this uh, organized fun and games that goes on in Central Park, I find it uh, infinitely depressing. I find it more like a Kiwanis Club picnic outside of Euclid, Ohio, than anything else. And uh, nevertheless, uh, it, it's, it goes on. Now, my own personal New York, and I think this is the only way you can speak about what's good about New York, is that I, I think one of the things that you find in New York that you don't find in many other cities possibly in some of the really large cities of the world, but you don't find it much in towns, is a real sense, and this is a kind of a, kind of a contradiction, I suppose. You find a real sense of privacy in New York. Now, maybe that's because there is safety in numbers. In other words, if you're living in a place where there are such great, vast numbers of people that there's only, there's only one thing you can do, ultimately, and that's you have to learn to tolerate Either that or you move to uh, Denver. Uh, <laughs> you, you clear out. Now, what does tolerate mean? Tolerate means a lot of things. It often means looking the other way. It, it means just going right on and uh, paying attention to your own life. Now, I'll tell you this. Uh, there was, a, of course, there was an old uh, vaudeville canard that uh, popped around that has often been attributed to W.C. Fields, but almost everything that was said was attributed to W.C. Fields whether he said it or not. Uh, <laughs> he'd be surprised at what he's being quoted at. Uh, either W.C. Fields or Groucho Marx is generally credited with every major ad lib of the last 200 years or so. However, uh, there's been a, there was an old vaudeville comment uh, to the effect that any place, when you leave New York, you're out of town. Uh, any other place is out of town. This still remains partially true. A curious thing in certain, certain, in certain fields. It certainly is true in showbiz. Uh, and remember, these were vaudevillians and comics that were saying this. And it's quite true that if you're playing, if you're playing uh, in uh, radio or television or in the little theater group of uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, you're definitely out of town. Uh, <laughs> and, and so, so there are certain, certain uh, tremendous advantages to living in the city of New York, and I'll tell you what some of them are. For one thing, uh, it's, it's difficult to envision somebody coming to this city who does not seriously want to make it in a, in a field. If he, if he, has the, if he, if he can hang in, and that's part of it. Very few people really have much tenacity. Tenacity is a thing like talent you're born with. Uh, you cannot develop it. And I don't know whether Dr. Spock ever deals with this in any of his major works, <laughs> the quality of tenacity. But you need tenacity to make it ultimately in the city. And since many people simply don't have it, they come to the city and a few weeks later they're, they're, they're thoroughly disillusioned because they haven't been welcomed with open arms and they go away and forever hate New York. Uh, I have met thousands of people around the country who hate the city and with a, with a virulent hatred. And when you talk to them at any length, you find that the hatred is connected ultimately with a vast disappointment that he once had in his early professional life. Often it's romantic, too. Uh, boy, you strike out in New York, you struck out. 
I mean, <laughs> it's a fact. But also, too, if you hit a home run in New York, man, you've hit a big home run. Uh, you see the recent case of poor Willie Mays. I mean, uh, uh, every, every home run that Willie Mays hits now, or everything that he does, every comment he makes is front-line headline news in the post. And uh, he didn't find that kind of... Uh, he didn't find that kind of adulation in San Francisco, anywhere on the coast. And New York is that kind of town. It's, it's the kind of town where it either loves you or totally ignores you. And the love is, of course, all-encompassing. It's, uh, it's the kind of love of, uh, you know, of, a, of, a, of a lady at a picnic, a 300-pound lady passing around the potato salad, and you can't get away from it. That reminds me, this is WOR New York. And while we're on the subject, we have General Tires. Would you please hit it? Yeah. All right, friend, if you're looking for tires, don't look any further than the big red General Tire G. From sports cars to sedans, compacts to king-size cars, General Tire makes the tires that you need, friends, at prices that you can afford. You can charge them on General's Auto Charge, Master Charge, or Bank AmeriCard. So it's General Tire, your one-stop headquarters for tire and automotive services. That's a General Tire where the big red G has stood for quality for over 56 long, hard years. Sing it out, man. Quack, quack, quack. Well, now, they say that the New York, according to our program note here, New York is called the unsinkable city. This is not essentially true. Uh, for those of you who are interested in the geology of New York, New York has been sinking steadily. It has actually been sinking steadily for the last four or five hundred years, geologically speaking. And they claim that within a predictable time, a predictable geological time, uh, there will only be the tips of such uh, ancient relics as uh, the Empire State Building sticking out above the waves. So New York is not essentially a truly unsinkable city. So if you're going to put stock in anything, put, put stock in the Jersey Highlands. <laughs> it might be above water <laughs> a thousand years from now. But uh, before we go any further with this New York show tonight, uh, speaking of New York, uh, we have a little spot here for Newsday. Do you have it in there? All right, let's hear it. There we go. I knew you'd I have to coax the people around here often. You know, very sensitive, you know. I love Newsday Sunday magazine. <laughs> It's really great to get the scores of Saturday night games. The pull-out TV book covers the whole week. Now we don't have to buy one. And the comics are super. On Madison Avenue, these are known as testimonials. On Long Island, they're music to our ears. I'm Bill Atwood, publisher of Newsday, the Long Island newspaper. We started Sunday Newsday in April, and we're not at all surprised that it's a smashing success. After all, Newsday is one of the great success stories in publishing history, and Sunday Newsday is following that tradition. You've been telling us how much you like the new bonus sections, especially the pull-out TV book with the entire week's listings, and L.I., our own color magazine. Newsday's late sports results and exclusive stock tables are also popular, and so is the price, only 25 cents. Sunday Newsday, we're very glad you like it. You know, um to get serious for a bit about New York and uh, it is a serious uh, it is a serious subject a couple of years ago I uh, was invited by NBC to do a to take part in a television special about the city of New York at night you recall it and I did the, the Greenwich Village section a beautiful show by the way I thought the show was was uh, remarkably well done 
And uh, I, I have, uh, from time to time, I, I uh, have been wondering about what effect that the media in general has had upon people's perception in the 20th century about things that they actually see and experience. In other words, uh, almost all the major media comes out of New York or Hollywood. Most of it comes out of New York, ultimately. And so, for that reason, uh, <laughs> New York has assumed a curious uh, super city status in the mind of people all over the country because this is, seems where the lifeblood of our time comes. Television, uh, radio, uh, movies, records, plays, books, it all comes pouring out of New York. And, of course, the fact of it is that almost all of it is really produced by non-New Yorkers. Most of the plays are written, most of the music is written, most of the uh, magazines are edited by guys who come from places like uh, like uh, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. This is a specific uh, editor I'm thinking of, uh, people in the New York Times. And I wondered, I wondered uh, can you imagine New York, for example, without the New York Times? It's hard to, t hard to imagine. And yet, uh, if you recall, a few years ago, there was a strike, and the New York Times was not published for some time. And I remember coming on one morning, I was on Saturday morning at the time, and it just suddenly hit me that New York is a state of mind of the New York Times. In other words, that the Times creates the, the, the curious, uh, almost artificial community that you've got that exists within the pages of that particular newspaper, which I happen to enjoy very much. Whenever I'm out of the city, I miss the Times probably more than anything else in the city. Uh, and, and, and so I've often wondered what, what the effect of the media has on people's perception about the various things that they see in their life. Now, for example, today, currently, in 1972, uh, and the media, incidentally, is very fatty. I'm part of the media, so I figure that I can speak uh, with some authority on media or mediums or whatever particular thing you may call this whole business. I think it's sort of showbiz and everything else now all put into one vast word. Uh, it's very fatty. It jumps on various things and, and goes galloping off. Whatever makes a good story ultimately will, will be given great play. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I just think uh, that today the media is in, in the in the habit of always painting New York as a crime-ridden, violent city. Almost any time you hear it mentioned on any network television shows, the nighttime talk shows, they always talk about that. Yet the fact of the matter is, the actual fact, I'm not even discussing opinions here, is that New York currently rates 14th in the nation among, uh, in, in the cities, among major cities, as to the incidence of crime per population. That means that you have 14 times more uh, chances just as a walking around human being in the number one city of having a crime happen to you as you do in New York City. Now, uh, yet this, this, is a very, this is a myth that dies hard. No one's here saying that New York doesn't have crime. No, not at all. What I am saying is that among cities in the, in the nation, New York is not a particularly crime-ridden city. Uh, not when 14 others come ahead of it. In fact, I was out in San Francisco here a few months ago. Very interesting. San Francisco, by the way, is way up near the top of the list. It's in the first three, I believe. And, uh, oh, yeah. And, uh, and I was being interviewed on a television show, so the first thing the guy asked me, he said, well, how do you, uh, 
how do you uh, like living in New York? How can you stand it? They always say this now. How can you stand living in New York? You know, so much violence and so on. And uh, there was a pregnant pause. And I said, well, you know, it's a city. And then he says, well, you know, he said, uh, crime is a terrible thing when it happens to you. He says, no, like last month. I was mugged last month, he said. And he goes on. <laughs> so I said, I said, what do you mean? I said, you were mugged. He says, yes. He said, I was mugged right here in the, in the lobby of the television station. He has a late night show, and they mugged him right there in the lobby. And I said, oh, really? And he says, yes. And, uh, and it turns out that of the group that was doing the show, the engineers... The, the, uh, all the people who were involved in that show, the director, the engineers, the cameramen, out of that group, five of them had been mugged in one way or another in their own television station within the preceding six months. <laughs> and yet, they didn't think of, of, of San Francisco as a violent city. Uh, somehow, they were, they were part of this, this media myth which keeps popping up and going on and on and on. And, I, and I, uh, you'd, be, you'd have to be an insane Pollyanna, on the other hand, to say that New York is not a crime city. I'll tell you one thing about New York, though. New York must be the world capital of the trivial niggling crime. Uh, New York is the city where you, uh, a, a t an antenna on a car has a life average of about six and a half minutes. Uh, who these people are who tear antennas off cars, I don't know, but it seems to be, uh, it, it seems to be one of the major New York little irritants. Now this, uh, this is the kind of stuff that is never even reported. Who, you know, I was going to go down to the police station and report as a crime they ripped off his antenna, but this is a constant thing. And that brings up an interesting point. To live in New York, you have to, uh, to live in New York and to love and enjoy New York. You have to decide that, that you can't be part of large, large areas of things that people outside of New York take pretty much for granted. Uh, for example, uh, and, and a, just a, a more common example, let's say, is, is, is the problem of, uh, of a car now. Now, most people around the country don't think much of owning a car. It's a thing that they take for granted pretty much. They have a car, and they, they park it, and they drive around in it, and that's it. It's the car. But in New York, if you own a car, uh, this is a, you might as well own a, a portable pyramid. Uh, you might, it's, it's, a, it's a major undertaking, and some men I know have devoted their entire life to sustaining their car in New York. Now, uh, that, that, a lot of it has to do with parking, and, uh, and parking a car in New York can be an unbelievable scene. Now, okay, now we grant all this. On the other hand, uh, the city has has things which you will never find in other cities where uh, the car is much more a common thing. For example, almost every neighborhood in the city, and I happen to have lived in four or five of the major areas. I lived up on, on the Upper East Side in the 80s. I lived over on, on East 57th Street. I lived uh, uh, on the Lower West Side. I currently and have for a long time now lived in the village, the West Village. I've lived in the East Village, so I have had some experience in living in the city. But the one thing about the city is that it's almost impossible to find any area of the city that isn't within just like a block, anywhere, 100 yards, of 50 yards walking distance of some kind of action. In other words, the city is a continual, moiling movement uh, a, a, an enormous compost heap of existence and life. If you like life and existence, if you dig just 
if, if you enjoy the feast of the eye, you know, there's an old expression in, uh, in Russian literature that relates to the feast of the eye. If you, if you understand the feast of the eye, New York is the feast of the eye par excellence. Uh, you, can, you can just never, the, the, the sights and the vision of New York, the seeing of New York, the looking at New York, the smelling of New York, the constant sounds of New York, are infinitely variable and changing. There is no such thing as the, the, as a static city. And what I'm really saying here is that I came on the air like 30 minutes ago, roughly. The city is already different from when I went on. <laughs> it's continually evolving and changing. So you can walk past, and the curious thing about many New Yorkers, they never see the city, really. Uh, I've known people who've walked past a corner for years and are suddenly surprised to see a 75-story office building has, has, has erupted on the corner that he walked past for like 19 years coming out of the subway. And he's offended at this, you see. He's, well, what are, they do? what are they doing on the corner there? Of course, they've been building it for two and a half years, and he has never looked at it. Uh, looking at something is, is, a, is a talent that not many people really enjoy, I'm afraid. And to, to be taught to look and to examine the, and to, to experience the tactile thrills and excitement of a city like New York is something that, uh, that uh, is just, uh, it's, it's just uh, irreplaceable. If you're going to live in the city, you have to develop that. Either that or you will be bored to death. Now, another thing about New York, too. Uh, New York, a friend of mine here the other day, for example, he said, uh, how come you didn't go out of town over the Memorial Day weekend? It's a beautiful day. It's fantastic weather. I said, no, this, to me, this is the best time to be in New York. The best time to be in New York is during the summer, during the summer and during holidays, because, ironically enough, most New Yorkers flee the city. <laughs> they really do. And then what they do is leave behind... Uh, a, a, an incredibly peaceful place. I mean, the, the peace of New York on a holiday is just, is almost, uh, you can almost taste it. And uh, it's a real pleasure to walk around the city streets. I, I walked all around the village. You know, I know the village like the back of my hand. In fact, I don't know the back of my hand very well. Look at that. I'm just looking at it. <laughs> my George, I haven't looked at it in weeks. However, <laughs> I, I walked around the, the, the village uh, uh, just, you know, just, just, not, no, nothing in mind, just uh, digging it. And, and uh, there are a couple of great cheese shops down there. Went in and bought some, some smoked Danish cheese and just walked around. And uh, there's, there's a, a real feeling of, of curious camaraderie among people who love the city and who are part of the city and, and uh, will always be part of the city. It's, it's just, and that's another thing, incidentally. You never can get New York out of people once they've spent any length of time in it. I, I find New Yorkers wherever I go. I, I, uh, I'll go down to a place like uh, Miami or I'll go up to a place like Ottawa or I'll go to, to Rochester. Invariably, the four or five New Yorkers, you can always tell them, you see. <laughs> there's, there's a certain, certain look of, of being beleaguered outlanders wherever they are. Somehow they always consider themselves basically New Yorkers. Now, oddly enough, uh, I have never felt any sense of involvement in the country from which I have come. My only involvement from the time I've been a, a, uh, a living, mature person has been with this city of New York. This is my home. I do not consider myself an out-of-towner. Uh, out Guys keep writing, out-of-towner. 
Uh, <laughs> if I'm an out-of-towner, <laughs> I'd like to know who's an in-towner. But uh, nevertheless, uh, uh, New York tends to do that to you. It, 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 it gives you a base of, of, uh, of where you are and a base of, of uh, perception, really. You judge everything else by your hometown, which is New York. Now, some of the other good things about New York, if, uh, if you're curious about good things, and I will, uh, these, are, these are nuts and bolts things that are rarely mentioned. I like the idea that in a city uh, like New York, uh, there's always stuff open, just a little thing like that. that makes it very pleasant. There's always, within a four or five or six block area of where you are, there's an all-night deli that if you need a... Uh, if you need a can of milk or if you need the, you know, if you need anything, if you need a six-pack of beer or something at five in the morning, you can get it. And no questions asked. Uh, this is this is New York. Uh, and, and the more obvious things, of course, I won't even belabor the fact that, uh, that, that, that uh, if you enjoy, say, food, for example, I can't, I can't imagine a, a, a city in the world anywhere where more types of and more kinds of food are available from all the way from the most expensive stuff to the great, uh, totally inexpensive, really great things. Like down in the village, there's all kinds of little places where you can get Greek food, uh, where, where, you know, Middle Eastern food, and they're just sold on stands. You know, it's not, I'm not talking about a fancy restaurant. There's no problem of, of getting shish kebab from a guy that hands it to you over a stainless steel counter and you drink your Dr. Pepper's or you drink your your uh, celery tonic with your with your shish kebab and you go staggering off towards the bus and uh, this is this is New York <laughs> you not find this anywhere else and uh, you you get so that you 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 miss these things you accept them so much part of your life that you miss them really prof profoundly when you leave New York when you find that so many things are much the same now like the other day now I'm just walking along a street in the village in fact I'll tell you what it was Bleecker Street and I come to 7th Avenue, I hear this big uproar going on, and uh, on the corner of Bleecker and 7th, there was a Greek wedding going on, and they had a Greek band. Now, this was not a Greek record. It was a real Greek band, man, and there was a guy playing an oud, and there was a guy playing a bouzouki in there that, that didn't stop. And, and it was fantastic. I mean, it was really, these guys were really knocking it out. See, and you could hear them jumping up and down there, dancing the Greek dances. The whole block was rocking. And, and people were all standing around by, by like 500 of them standing around outside in the street looking in at the Greek wedding. Once in a while, a Greek would look out and say, come on in, you know, and <laughs> it was a great moment. Now, I wandered past that scene and I, I get down to the, uh, into the next block and they have all these little stores down there. The, 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 you know, the wandering in and out of places is one of the great free things that you do in New York. So, you wander into the pet store there. You just wander in because everybody else is wandering. You're not going in to buy an alligator or anything. You, know, you just wander in. So <laughs> it's part of the action. So I wander in and I look at the electric eel for a while. There's an electric eel in there, see? And the guy comes in and there are a whole bunch of people walking in and out of the pet store. They were selling fish. You know, there were a tremendous amount of fish in there, see? Fish is a big thing in New York. You can't have many pets in New York, so a lot of people have man-eating fish. So, you know, they're great for watch dogs, as I guess you can call them watch fish. So, uh, nevertheless, uh, this, <laughs> I'm sorry, nevertheless, uh, this, I'm standing in this crowd looking at these fish, see, so some guy, some guy standing in the crowd there, and uh, there's always one little smart, round-faced kid that went to Bronx High School of Science, and the thing said, hey, he said, how much voltage has this heel got? And uh, the guy behind the car says, so what's that, buddy? He says, how much voltage has heel got? What kind of clients got, huh? 
And the guy says, what are you talking about? He said, well, you say it's electric eel. The science is electric eel. How much voltage you got? What do you do, plug it in? And the guy says, no, it's an electric eel. It, it, it makes electricity. The kid says, oh, you're kidding. Uh, that's a typical New York uh, witty remark. And, uh, <laughs> and he said, no, no, it really does. It, it makes electricity. And he says, what kind of voltage? He reaches in his pocket and he takes out a volt ohmmeter. And he says, yeah, I'm going to measure it. And, and he says, <laughs> the guy rushes out by that time. It's getting serious, see? So, so uh, he clears that mob out, and uh, the fish store went on. Now, this is the kind of action that goes on constantly, steadily in New York City. Now, I'm just relating actual things that happen. And <laughs> so the other day, I, I, I wander in. This is all in one block. So I wandered along, you know, and the next block, here's this liquor store open, see? So I figured I was going to have a bottle of wine, so I go in there and have all this wine. And so uh, there's this lady buying this wine. She's got a bottle of wine in her hand. And she goes over, and there's a certain kind of lady that always asks the guy behind the counter, you know, are these fresh eggs? Well, can you imagine some guy saying, no, lady, these are really rotten old eggs. Uh, no. <laughs> but there's always that type, see. And they finally begin to bug the guys that run the stores, see. So this lady says to the guy behind the counter, she says, is this a good wine? And he says, yeah, it's all right, it's all right. Of course, it's a, you know, she's buying something that's 89 cents a half gallon, see, right from the start. And she says, is this a good wine? He says, it's a wine, it's all right, yes, it's, it's a very good, it's okay, lady. Well, is it, is it a good wine, though? He says, well, now, what, am I, what do you want me to say, lady? He says, it's, it's, it, you know, it's a wine, it's, it's wine, it's red wine. She says, what kind is it? He says, red wine. I'm just giving you the exact conversation. She said, oh, well, is it a good wine? She's persisting. So, you know, about 50 other customers all waiting around her. And finally, he says, all right, lady, I'll tell you, that's rot gut. That's a rotten wine. That's the kind of wine they're drinking down, right now down on the Bowery. You take that home, that's what the Bowery bums are drinking. Is that what you want? Oh, that's very interesting. She bought it and left. <laughs> I suppose she always wondered what they were drinking down on the Bowery. So, nevertheless... Uh, this this uh, this is the you know the New York scene. I can only I can only tell you that uh, that uh, New York is is uh, is 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 just uh, there's no way to make any generalizations on it. For every good thing you say about New York, you can find fifty rotten things. Uh, for in fact, New York is very much like a very beautiful beautiful. I've heard this simile before. But it's quite true. New York is like a very dangerous Formula One race car. It's beautiful, man. No question about it. And to the guy who knows how to drive it, it is a, a very exciting, exhilarating vehicle. But it's also extremely dangerous. <laughs> you know, it can, it, can, it can bruise you about real good. Uh, not only... Uh, and, and that makes it exciting. To me, uh, to me, I'm not the kind of man, and I must say again, I, I think this is part of the, of the life of any New Yorker. If, if you're the kind of man who likes a placid, steady, uh, solid, everyday, clipping the hedge, going out and buying a new lawnmower this year life. New York is not, I repeat, not your dish of tea. Stay away. It'll chop you up in the coleslaw and, uh, <laughs> and spew you out. On the other hand, on the other hand, if you're, if you're a guy who, who has a touch of the bullfighter in you, and there are many of us, New York never is boring. I have never been bored in this city. And that, is, to me, is a very important and, uh, and an extremely uh, uh, rare quality. Now, I'll say another thing about New York, and, and let's get down to some of the some of the basic nitty things here about New York. Uh, 
if you have uh, any desire for a career, I, I suspect that New York is the only city in the country where uh, people can really get a career underway and make it go and make it stick and make it last. Uh, because I've worked in other parts of the country. And this is an exciting thing in itself. You walk down the, the streets in New York, and I'll tell you, you it, it's just like some unbelievably fantastic, uh, unbelievably rich fruitcake. I mean, you know, and I think this is what makes a lot of people mad at the city, too. It's like walking through, it's like walking through Sodom and Gomorrah, and you ain't invited. That can really bug you. Uh, you know, I mean, it's like being at a gigantic orgy and nobody's nobody's buying you. <laughs> I mean, they're not interested. So, so this city, this city can can really can really uh, turn you off, and it can turn you on. And and for that reason, it's it's continually involving and exciting. And I've read endless pieces of of uh, tripe written in various lyrical magazines about New York and the beauty of New York and the this and the that of New York, and is New York workable? Listen, New York is workable, friend. No question about it. Any mayor that tells you New York can't be, you know, is, is an unworkable city is ridiculous. This is, a, this, is a, this is one of the great world cities, and will continue for a thousand years after we're gone. That, well, Rome has done it. I'm sure that many people in Rome, uh, Paris has done it. Uh, the, the, we, we have evolved on our continent a world city which will far long outlive uh, most of the other things that our nation will have created. Just like Rome outlived almost everything that came out of Italy. And the ruins are still there. This is true of Paris. It's true of London. And it's true of New York. So to come around you know, and ask these vapid questions, do you like it? I mean, that's like asking if you like the sky. Uh, it's there. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's bigger than all of us. <laughs> and on the other hand, it's like asking you if you don't like the sky. Of course you like the sky. But on the other hand, it hurls lightning bolts at you. So uh, so New York, you can't say good or you can't say bad about New York. It's beyond that. You can say good or bad about Trenton. You can say good or bad things about Bismarck, North Dakota, but not New York. Uh, it's like It's like taking an anti-Atlantic Ocean stance. You know, it's like uh, it's like proving conclusively that the, <laughs> that the Pacific Ocean is a bad scene. No way. It'll just keep right on rolling on. It's a force of nature, and that's what makes it exciting. And I, I'll tell you, some of the most peaceful, some of the most contemplative moments, some of the most uh, creative moments I've ever had in my life have come about because of that vortex, that dynamic... Uh, curious spoke perimeter of privacy that you have around you in the city and yet it's an exciting privacy you can live up way up in the backwoods of Maine and get a lot of privacy but you don't get much stimulation that's uh, it, true and I've, I've done it uh, this is why almost all of the people who come to the city get a fantastic urge to write a novel they never had that feeling back in, in uh, you know rabbit hash Kentucky uh, they, 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 suddenly, they suddenly get this urge to do these things because the city triggers it in you. Now, whether you can ever accomplish it, whether you can pull it off, has nothing to do with the urge. And so, for that reason, many of the people who come to the city and, and have the terrible urge to write the novel, or write the play, or become this or become that, wind up being very disappointed people because the urge is often mistaken for the talent. 
and uh, they ain't the same thing. And this city tends to lure you on like that. I have a feeling that the city tends to make people feel they're talented. Uh, and and, and that, that comes out of, uh, out of almost all the magazines that you see. So a guy spends his afternoon at the Museum of Modern Art, and uh, he, goes to the, he goes to the movie specials there they have in the afternoon, and he eats the salad in the garden there, and pretty soon he, he vaguely confuses himself with Miro. He, uh, <laughs> and it can do that to you. Uh, because you go to the lion's head, you tend to think that you are Mailer. And uh, this... Uh, this is a city that, that tends to, to create grandiose dreams in, uh, in the head of the, uh, the, the non-talented. On the other hand, it, it brings out the talent in those who have it, because it's a very tough place. Uh, the standards are high. And curiously enough, the standards are also low. That's, that's the contradiction. There are more people working in this city in various artistic endeavors who have absolutely no right nor reason to be doing it than probably in the rest of the Western world combined. Uh, on the other hand, <laughs> the obvious reverse is true, too. There are more truly talented people working and doing their thing in the city than the rest of the Western world combined. It's a, it's a, it's a fascinating town. And, uh, and, I, and I mean that in the deepest and most profound sense. It fascinates. It fascinates the way a hooded cobra fascinates. It fascinates the way a diamond fascinates. Men have killed for New York, just like they'll kill for gold. Uh, it is, there's an old, and by the way, men have been killed by the hundreds in New York, by the thousands, God knows how many. In fact, they often say that that there are certain areas of the East River that are simply paved with large boxes of concrete, concrete overcoats containing ex-New Yorkers who have, <laughs> who, have, who have gotten too deeply involved in some of the more esoteric activities in the city. And uh, New York, by the way, is also a city of thundering evangelists. Uh, all you got to do is turn on the radio or TV any day of the night, any day of the morning, any day of the afternoon, any moment, and there is always somebody saying, and I say to you, Barry, my wife and I wrote her. We have written a book called The Eagle Thunders Over Brooklyn, showing once again that the boxing industry in this city, and so this, this, is, a, this is a city of thundering evangelists all out to, to cure the ills of the world. The most provincial city in the world, too, I might say, ultimately. Very few people are interested in this city about anything that happens in Cleveland or that happens in Chicago or that happens anywhere else. Uh, you get across that bridge and you feel immediately that you're in a foreign country. The minute you start seeing Route 46 stretch ahead of you into Jersey, you have a feeling that you're in a foreign land and that, uh, that you're, leaving, uh, you're leaving the uh, celery tonic far behind you. And, uh, you begin to sense that, that, that the pastrami belt has passed. And you, get, you start getting jumpy and nervous. They don't have all-night movies in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. What are you going to do at 4 in the morning? Turn on your TV and say, what's on it? Nothing but a test pattern. And the, the natives get nervous when they move out. Yeah, New York is a great, <laughs> wild, fantastic city. But there's no way to say good or bad about it. It's like saying, you know, the ocean is good. The ocean is bad. One can only say about New York, it is there. And that's it. Like Mount Everest. Yeah, this is WOR New York speaking New York. Stay tuned for Lester Smith and the News.